Hello, grace and peace. My name is Logan Smith. I am the worship and student pastor here at Hope Church. I'm really excited that I get to preach this week. And our uh, scripture today comes from Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. Let's read it together. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, God, in this moment I recognize... uh, that there's nothing that I can do apart from you. God, that my strength comes from you. And Lord, in this moment, uh, for all those who are watching, for all those who are are tuning in, Lord, I just, I pray, even now as we film this on Thursday, that your spirit has already gone forth and prepared hearts. Um, Lord Jesus, I pray that you just use me, that you guide me, that you give me direction, Lord, that I will follow you wherever you are leading me to. I am trusting you in this moment. So in Jesus I pray, amen. So we have been in a series called The Red Sea Rules, and this series uh, is taken from a book called The Red Sea Rules, and it's all about uh, just 10 different rules or principles, as we've been calling them principles, about how to deal with difficult situations, how to get through difficult times. And so last week, Jeff talked about principle number five, which was stay calm and confident and give God time to work. And today we are talking about principle number six, and that is when unsure, just take the next logical step by faith. And so I I just want to be honest here right at the very top, uh, where it says just take the next logical step by faith. I really struggled with that word logical. Like to the point I almost took it out. I was almost like, oh, I don't really know if I want to keep this in here. But I kept it in here and I'll explain to you why I struggled with that and why I wound up keeping it in here for this service. Um, but let's just look again at Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. Uh, one more time. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And so last week, uh, Jeff talked about Exodus 14, 14, which says, The Lord will fight for you. And you have only to be silent. And so that verse for me, honestly, it, it's huge. It's a huge verse in my life. Part of my story, my testimony, is that I grew up a really good church kid, but an absolute terrible follower of Jesus. Like I was great at doing all the good church stuff. But I did not follow Jesus well. And it wasn't until I was about 18 or 19 years old when I heard Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. And I just remember that verse was instrumental in my coming to Jesus. I just remember thinking, you know what? I want a God who fights for me. That's, that's the God I want to serve. And so if you're like me, that verse is huge. It's, it's an awesome verse. But then we get to verse 15 and it's not as you know, feel goody as verse 14 is. It's, it's a little bit strange, a little bit weird. So let's just talk about this verse for a moment. So uh, let's start with the first half of it. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Why do you cry to me? Now that's just a very odd thing. It's very strange. It's very weird because it sounds, it sounds like God is actually rebuking the fact that Israel and Moses are, are praying to him. It sounds like he's rebuking their prayers. And so in, in a way, he, he kind of is, and I'll get to that in a second, but, but, he's, but he's also not, because you see all throughout Scripture, and we know this, all throughout Scripture, God desires us to pray to him. 
And so let's just look at a few places where we see God wants us to pray. First uh, Peter chapter five verse seven: Cast all your anxiety or all your cares on Him, because He cares for you. Cast all your cares; just throw them at Him. He welcomes them. He wants them. Psalm chapter eighteen. Verse 6, um, Jeff said last week that Psalm 18 has been very instrumental for me these past few weeks. I've literally been diving in to Psalm 18 for the past several weeks during my devotion time, and it's awesome. It's an amazing psalm, and I encourage you to go through it. But here in Psalm 18, verse 6, it says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. So David, he, he cries out to the Lord in his distress, and God hears him from heaven. He welcomes David's prayers. And again, Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And I'm not going to read all those verses just because they take a while, uh, but that is the parable of the persistent widow. Jesus tells this parable about this, this woman who can nag and bug this unjust judge who neither cares for man nor God, she can nag him enough seeking justice that eventually he gives her justice. And Jesus says, how much more will your God who loves you speedily and, and greatly and, and, and joyfully answer your prayer? So pray to him. And so we, we see that God wants the Israelites to pray to him. Like that's the right thing to do. As a matter of fact, that was principle number four. That was principle number four, the whole principle was pray. Like we have got to pray to God. So in a way, it's not a rebuke because God absolutely desires for his people to pray to him. So then why is God asking this question? Why is he asking, why do you cry to me? What is he doing? Well, I believe the answer is in the rest of verse 15 where he says, tell the people of Israel to go forward. The reason why God is asking this question, the reason why God is saying, why do you cry to me? It's not a rebuke. It, he's asking this because the people are praying, but they're not acting on their prayers. And so here's what I mean by that. Faith-filled prayer must always be accompanied with faith-filled action. Now, I'm going to say that again. Faith-filled prayer must always be accompanied with faith-filled action. And again, you see that all throughout Scripture. And one, one place I really want to point you to where you see that is in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. It says, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, then what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. So faith without action, these faithful prayers without faith-filled action, it's dead. It's, 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 in a way, it's useless. It's like, like you see your brother, like they're hungry. Yeah, sure, pray for them, but go get them some food. Go get them some Taco Bell. You know what I mean? I'm sure they loved a beefy Frito burrito. I know I would. And so I go, like, feed them. Do both. You don't just, like, you got to do both. And so in Exodus 14, 14, 
Moses reminds the people that the Lord will fight for them. And that's true. God does fight for them. He will fight for them in an amazing and beautiful way. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But here's what we got to understand, church. Just because the Lord fights for us, that does not negate our own responsibility to act. Just because God fights for us, it does not negate our own responsibility to act. For example, back again in Psalm 18, I've been diving into it. And you see in this psalm, David talks about how he prayed to God in his distress. God rescued him from the grips of his enemies. God gave him his salvation. But it also says that God basically told David to go get his enemies. David prayed. God rescued, but then David had a responsibility to go after his enemies. It was faith-filled action with faith-filled prayer. And then Jeff even talked about this actually a few weeks ago when he read 2 Chronicles 7.14. Let's read that again. It says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I know that you and I, we are praying in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of COVID-19, we are praying, God, heal our land. We are praying for a vaccine in the midst of a bunch of racial unrest, in the midst of of a bunch of division over how governing authorities are handling this whole pandemic, handling the racial unrest, division over mask, over no mask, all these things. We are praying and crying out to God to heal our land. But are you doing the rest of it? Are you, are you turning from your wicked ways? Are you seeking His face? We want other people to turn from their wicked ways, but are you turning from yours? Faith-filled prayer must always be accompanied with faith-filled action. And so we're praying, we're doing the right thing in that, but there's no other action Apart from that, there's no other steps that we are taking to get through this. And so at this point, you may be asking me, okay, well then, what am I supposed to do? Like, what are my steps? How do I know if I'm taking the right steps? What are my steps in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of all the division and all the unrest we are seeing in our nation? What am I supposed to do next? And I just got to be honest, I've been... Here at Hope Church for six years now, about to be seven, which is just crazy to think about. And I can tell you the number one question that I am asked across the board is how do I know if I'm following in the steps of Jesus? How do I know if I'm doing the right, like I'm, I'm constantly being asked that. And I just gotta say, I think the answer to that is in the rest of verse 15. Let's look at it one more time. Exodus 14, 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. The key word in this entire verse is that word forward. And that is a Hebrew word, nasah, which basically has this picture of picking up the tent stakes out of the ground, packing up all your stuff, and then beginning a journey getting all your belongings together, and then beginning a journey from point A to point B. It is moving forward, which stands in very stark contrast to the attitude of the Israelites. Remember last week in verses 11 and 12 here in Exodus 14, the Egyptians, they want to go back. 
They want to run back, the Israelites, they want to run back. They want to run back to Egypt. They say, weren't we better off as slaves in Egypt than here in the wilderness? They want to go back, and yet God is saying, no, pick up your stuff and move forward. And so if you are wondering, if you're asking yourself, well, what are my next steps? How do I know if I'm taking the right next steps? The answer, guys, it's actually pretty simple. The way you know if you're taking the right next steps is you take steps that move you forward into deeper relationship and deeper dependence on Jesus. Those are the steps you take. And so here's why, like I said at the very beginning of this, I struggled with keeping the word logical in that, this principle. And the reason why I struggle so much is because when it comes to taking next steps, when it comes to following Jesus forward, uh, yes, sometimes the next step is pretty obvious. Sometimes it's logical. Let's just be real. Sometimes the next step seems downright ridiculous. Sometimes the next step makes absolutely no logical sense whatsoever. And so like, like Kayla and I, my wife and I, we are trying to make our way forward out of debt right now. And so we are praying about that. We're seeking the Lord. We are asking Him for His provision. We're asking Him for patience, for endurance, for uh, the discipline to get through this. Um, but, but we're also taking very logical, obvious steps. For example, I am, like my credit card, I took it out of my wallet and I literally put it in my safe. Like, if I got to get my credit card, I got to go through a whole bunch of stuff to get to it. I got to get into my safe and move a whole bunch of stuff out of the way to get it. It just helps me not use that. I didn't cut it up like I know a lot of people were probably going to tell me I should do. Um, I I didn't do that just in case there's some kind of emergency. We don't have the money in the moment to pay for it. Um, But but that's that's an easy, logical step. We're, We're deciding not to spend money, excess amount of money on stuff we may want, but not necessarily things we need. So like those are logical and obvious steps, right? But again, sometimes the steps just don't make sense. Sometimes the next step doesn't make any sense at all. Let me give you two examples um, in, from Scripture. Uh, one is the Apostle Philip in Acts chapter 8. Philip is right smack dab in the middle of this amazing revival. The gospel is going forth. God is doing amazing things. People are being saved left and right. And Philip is right in the middle of it. And what does God tell him to do? He says, leave this and go to the desert. Like, go to the desert. There's one person there that you need to share the gospel with. Let me just tell you something. You look at just about any church growth plan, that's not on there. It makes no logical sense whatsoever. Logic says, well, here's the revival. Here's where I'm staying, right? And then our example is right here in Acts 14, in Exodus 14. The Israelites, when God tells them to go forward, you got to understand that there's literally no forward for them to go to. Like in front of them is the Red Sea. Over here, you got the mountains behind them. You got the Egyptian army coming right at them. There's literally nowhere for them to go. And God's like, get up and move. It makes no sense. Like, what, what do you mean move? Where are we supposed to go? The Red Sea's not been parted yet. They have nowhere To go, they don't know what to do, but God still says, move forward. And so here's the thing that we have got to get today, church. Here's the thing that we have got 
to understand. And here's why I kept the word logical in the title of this principle. When God tells you to move forward, we have got to believe that even though that may not look like there's a way forward, God is always going to make a way forward. Every time. So when God tells you to move, the most logical thing that you can possibly do is move. Because God will fight for you and he will make a way forward. And I believe that the reason why we want to go back so badly, because all the time, even still, I'm hearing, when are we going to go back to normal? I mean, when are we going back? When are things going to look normal again? When are we going back to normal? And I really do think that the reason why we want to go back is because deep down, we may not even realize this, but deep down, we may not even believe that God is making a way forward for us through this. I have a son. His name is Ezra. He's two years old. He's awesome. Love this little dude. And like most two-year-olds, kid does not want to sleep. <laughs> he just doesn't want to go to sleep. He, he, he always pretty much fights us around nap time and bedtime. But when I say he fights, I don't mean that he throws these great big fits. And like sometimes he does. I mean, he's a two-year-old. He's going to do that. But for the most part, his fighting off sleep is very subtle. And here's what I mean by that. I'll be like rocking him in, in the chair, which I love to do, just get them snugs, you know what I mean? It's awesome. But I'll be sitting there rocking him in the chair and he'll be just about to fall asleep and then he's, you know, like you wake up real quick and scratch his face or you wake up real quick and twitch his leg or he'll look at me and be like, Daddy, my arm hurts. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. It's not hurt at all up till this point. You know, it's subtle. It's not these great big fights. And it actually frustrates me more because I'm like, kid, you don't even deserve this nap. I deserve this nap. You ain't done nothing today, and I've been working. You know what I mean? But it's just those really subtle ways that he fights. And so I think that when it comes to taking the next steps, because we can't always see the way forward, we tend to fight. And the fact of the matter is, I think a lot of us don't even realize we're fighting because we're not throwing a great big fit like the Israelites did. But our fighting is a lot more subtle than that. Let me, let me tell you some of the ways, in my six years of being a pastor, let me, let me tell you some of the ways I've heard people fight next steps. It, it, it sounds like this, you know, I know what the next step is that the Lord has for me and for my family, for us to grow in Him, for us to grow in the church. But, but the things I think He's asking us to do, they interfere with my kids' sports schedule, and I don't want to upset my children. It looks like I know what the next step is that I've got to take. I know where God's called me to go. But that kind of interferes with my preconceived political ideas, so it must not be the right step. I've, I believe I know what next step the Lord is telling me to take, but th that step is really going to hurt me and my family financially, and I don't know if we'll recover, so surely God doesn't want to put me and my family in that type of financial situation. These are subtle ways we fight because deep down we struggle to believe that when it looks like there's no way forward, God's going to make a way forward. Church, listen to me. We have got to get to a point 
We have got to get to a point, especially now in the middle of this pandemic. And if not now, I don't know when it'll happen. But especially now in the middle of a global pandemic, we have got to get to a point where we understand and we believe that when God tells me to move forward, he's going to make a way for me to go forward. And if you are struggling to believe that today, if that is hard for you to accept and hard for you to grab with and you're thinking, okay, I just need proof that he's going to do that. Let me tell you, you need to look no further than the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ is the greatest proof that when there was no way, when there was no way for us dead, sin-sick enemies of God who rightly deserve the penalty of hell, God made a way. And he made a way by sending his son Jesus to take a cross so that we could be forgiven of our sin. And then God rose Jesus from the dead so that we too could cross from death to life. The cross is the greatest proof that when it looks like there is no way, he will make a way. And in Exodus 14, 14, again, the Lord fights for you. And the Lord is about to fight for Israel. He's about to make a way for them. And I'm not going to get into that right now just because if I do, Jeff might disown me. He is ready to preach on that next week. I'm just going to let him do that. But you better believe that God's about to make a way in one of the most beautiful and magnificent displays of his power that scripture has to tell us. Listen. God is going to make a way forward. Pray, cry out to God, but get to moving. Go forward, take your next steps. Guys, remember, the Christian life is not about becoming more independent of God, but more and more dependent on God. And the only way we do that is if we take the next steps trusting that our God is going to make a way forward. So what steps are you taking? What steps are you taking? I don't know what your next steps are. I can't tell you what exactly what they are. I just know that there are always steps to take. There's always steps to take, and especially now in the middle of a global pandemic when it seems like nothing at all seems to line up and nothing seems to make logical sense when everything just seems like it's in disarray, we have got to take next steps forward. We as individuals have to do that. We as a church are having to do that. Me, myself, Logan Smith, I have got to take steps forward. And so the question I just have to ask is this, are the steps that I am taking going to lead me forward or are they going to take me back? in the middle of all the racial unrest, in the middle of all this pandemic, in the middle of all this confusion, are the steps that you're going to take, are they going to take you forward or back? Are you going to trust that up ahead, though you can't see what's ahead, God is already there and he will make a way forward for you? The most logical thing that we can do when God says move is move because God will always make a way. Grace and peace.